0: Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by ZQ. I'm Erin Summers. Happy Wednesday. We are halfway through the week, which means we are just a few days away from the weekend and another Saints game. They're taking on Washington this Sunday at 12 o'clock. That game is on the road, so nobody will be able to head into the Superdome this weekend. We'll be back there October 31st when Tampa Bay is in town. So looking forward to that one. Have it circled about a million times on my calendar. And of course, because it is Wednesday, that means that the injury reports will be out later this afternoon. We'll be able to dive into those on Friday's podcast. We'll definitely get in deeper to the Washington Saints matchup. On that podcast, John DeSager will be back with me. He is definitely busy today getting a lot of content for the website, so make sure you check out all of the player availabilities, everything that John's been writing and reporting on at neworleanssaints.com. Now, for today's guest, we have a fun one. It is former tight end Benjamin Watson. He spent a lot of time with the Saints, loves Louisiana, and was back here last week with Good Morning America. So we're going to bring Watson in, find out a little bit about that trip, what happened, why he was here, and of course, what he's been up to in his two years post playing in the NFL. Benjamin, great having you on the Saints podcast. Always good to get a former Saints player back on the airwaves here with us. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Good to be with you. Thank you.
0: So we decided to reach out to you because I recently saw you on Good Morning America. You were back in Louisiana. What were you doing here?
1: Uh, yeah, that was one of those last minute type deals. But as you know, I don't, I don't need to tell you, but um, so many in the region are still suffering from the effects of uh, Hurricane Ida. And so I've been aware of it. Um, my wife and I, we always keep an eye on what's going on in Louisiana because of our personal ties there, but also because of uh, the great times that we had. And uh, Good Morning America was actually highlighting uh, a gentleman at New Wine Fellowship uh, Church in Laplace for his work in the community, um, he and his wife had uh, dedicated their time, um, their treasure, their uh, resources, really just to serving other people. And so it was a crazy thing. Robin Roberts came down there and um, there was so much excitement. They called me because I guess all the guys were working on that day because it was a weekday. Um, So they got a former player just to uh, be part of the festivities and present some Tickets to the game, as well as a jersey. Uh, but really, it's just about honoring people who are serving other people in need. When I pulled up to the parking lot, there were lines of people coming up just to get things like water, um, essential items, even toothpaste, food, whatever it may be. And so uh, just to realize that although it's out of the national news, uh, people are still suffering from the impact of Hurricane Ida.
0: Yeah, it was a really cool moment to see everybody there and to be able to give back a little bit to somebody who's been helping our community so much. I know it was fun to, to watch as a fan and to see you participate was really cool as well. Outside of football, I mean, it's been a few years now. What are some of the stuff that you've been up to?
1: Well, you know, we still got those seven kids, um, <laughs> so, the, so they, they definitely keep us busy. Um, they are doing well, though. The twins are now two years old and our oldest is 12. And so um, they keep us pretty busy. We recently moved to uh, Georgia right outside of Atlanta. And we're kind of making this area home. Uh, most recently, I see, my wife and I do a podcast called Why or Why Not with the Watsons. And we talk about things like parenting, uh, marriage, a little bit of current events. And we've been doing that for about a year. Uh, I'm doing some work with SEC Network. So I've been watching LSU and um, all that's going on in the SEC, so I do a little bit of that on Saturdays, uh, just recapping games and talking about all the storylines in the SEC and um, also do some work with the organization called Human Coalition, they're an organization that um, serves uh, pregnant mothers and pre born children through service as well as advocacy, uh, so we're, we're, we're super busy doing a lot of different things. Um, but we do we do try to catch the Saints games as often as possible. Sometimes they don't put them on out here, but we still have a lot of friends um, on the team as well as the staff, and so we 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 stay abreast of what's going on.
0: There you go. Yeah, the seven kids. That's where I was done. Like after seven kids, <laughs> there I, that would have been all of my time. So I don't know how you exactly. Do it. <laughs> we, we
1: just, I'm not even uh, I'm not even really awake right now. I'm just sleeping. I just. <laughs>
0: So you're kind of on the other side of things now on the broadcast angle, doing some work with the SEC network. How do you like that side of it?
1: Um, well, the outside versus the inside. I mean, I think that as, a, as an athlete, there's there's just something special about being in the locker room, obviously playing the game. And I've heard it said so many times throughout my 16 year career that nothing really compares to being in the locker room playing the game. And, I, and I'm only two years out, but I still believe that that is true. Uh, that being said, I've always been a fan of, fan of football. And so having an opportunity to kind of dive back into college, because I was out of it for so long, uh, it's been a learning curve. Um, you know, you're in media, you know that you don't just jump up there on TV and just start talking if you want to last. And so there's a lot of prep work, there's a lot of um re-acclimating myself to the college game, to the college storylines, to the, the players, the personnel, the coaches, all that sort of thing. But it is fun kind of having a team in there in the studio on Saturdays and being able to talk about the games and laugh and, and talk football. So um, I, I'm enjoying it. Still still a bit of a learning curve there. But um, so far, uh, I've been enjoying what I'm doing.
0: And you definitely have the background, obviously, playing in Georgia, playing a long career in the NFL and then. I think you probably know the game pretty well as well. So it's kind of easier to approach broadcasting from that standpoint, having a great background to draw off of, and you definitely know how to prepare because you were in the league for so long and you did the things that you needed to do in order for that to happen. kind of looking back on that long NFL career that you had, what are some of the highlights for you?
1: Some of the highlights. And um, I I don't say this, uh, my number one highlight, and I don't say this because I'm talking to you, um, But uh, 2015, um, being a captain of that team in in New Orleans, that was my only time being a captain of a team and to be voted as a permanent captain. I I was a captain, you know, here and there and other places that I played. But to be a captain voted by your teammates for that year um, was really special to me. Uh, I remember uh, leaving the team dinner beginning of the year. And where we vote for captains. And then I called my dad and told him I was a captain. And just a really proud moment, I think. Um, later on in that year, another great thing happened. Um, a teammate of mine um, got to baptize some other teammates uh, at the facility later on that year. And so, actually, baptized them <laughs> in the rehab pool in the facility. I was
0: going to ask if that's where this yeah, took place. <laughs> in the rehab.
1: You've been there, you know, the rehab pool. Guys, getting I've been in there several times because I sprained an ankle or something like that, and you get in there rehab. Well, I mean, we had a time where uh, Luke McCown and I uh, had been kind of uh, you know leading in that in that way to some extent. A couple guys and they came to us and said we want to get baptized. I was like, well this is our church. So, so let's go in here and we baptize them right there. So I'll I'll never forget that time. Um, You know, obviously, you know, playing, you know, in championship games and scoring touchdowns, those are always fun Um, celebrating with teammates and uh, my wife and I kind of had a tradition throughout our career where before every game, I would find her in the stands wherever it was and wave and blow a kiss. And that was kind of our thing. And so there's so many things that I look back on, um, you know, now that I'm a couple of years removed and be like, wow, did that, did that really happen? Um, So many, so many fun times, but those are some of the highlights.
0: Yeah, some really cool moments. You said that you kind of track the team, what's going on. You still have some friends that are within the organization on the team. Yeah, how much do you get back to New Orleans, and how much do you talk to some of the people that are still on the team?
1: Yeah, don't get back too often. Obviously, I was there for the Good Morning America piece, and We actually uh, went back uh, this summer uh, toward the end of the summer and went fishing. I took my boys down there uh, fishing, kind of a father-son type deal, but usually don't stay very long. Uh, Been following uh, the team, of course. Uh, The Davises are are really good friends of both my wife and I. So um, we love to watch. And being that three of my kids were born there, um, the Saints are always going to be Louisiana. It's always going to be a part of our life. Um, There's always going to be a specific tie there. Um, was excited the first game, talking football, mm-hmm. was excited the first game. They came out game busters, um, blew out Green Bay. Uh, clearly, they've had some struggles. The last game um, wasn't great toward the end, obviously. Um, but but it's it's a, it's a time of kind of renewal, I think, for the team. I think it's a time of, of re um, recreating what their identity is going to be. Uh, anytime you lose, and you've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, so I won't keep on going, but I will <laughs> say anytime you lose – a quarterback that's been starting for two years, it's a big deal. When you lose one that's been starting for five years, but when you lose someone that's been starting for over a decade and someone who has, you know, done so much in the community and meant so much to that organization as a whole, uh, there's kind of a as much as you say it's on to the next game and on to the next year, part of that is true, but there's a sort of identity that has to take shape there. And so it's been great to see how Jameis has stepped in and how other guys have have started forming, you know, who they're going to be. It's important for the coaches to be able to understand, okay, this is my personnel. This is what this guy can do and cannot do. Uh, But they're resilient. there's one thing I know about the state of Louisiana and about uh, the organizations. they're resilient. Um, So we won't know until mid late season exactly what this year is going to hold for the Saints.
0: Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things there. Obviously you still have head coach John Payton, who has been here for a long time. He's very good at what he does, especially on the offensive side of things. You played under him, know him well. How do you think he's handling or going to handle kind of this transition that they're in?
1: Yeah, well, I think his, he's uh, he's going to handle it the way he has before. I mean, look, him and Drew had a very, very unique relationship. And, you know, I played 16 years in the league, played on four different teams. I've seen a lot of um, quarterback-coach relationships. And what he and Drew had was – very peculiar compared to a lot of other teams that I've been around um, the way that they communicated, not only during practice, but during games, uh, the times that I knew that they were talking about things in practice, I had nothing to do with football. They were just catching up on life. And so having that sort of relationship, I think uh, it, it was tough for coach Payton to have you know someone he's been with for so long uh, leave. I think that he's done a great job in, opening competition, specifically at the quarterback position. And we talked about that a little bit in the preseason. Who was going to be the quarterback? Was he just going to crown someone the quarterback? He said, no, this needs to be an open competition. I think that breeds um, trust with your team when you say, you know what? Uh, We're going to play the best people. We're going to play the best 11 guys that we have together. Um, That's the unit that's going to play. And so I I think his biggest hurdle um, probably has been managing what the expectations of the team were going to be. You know, the football is going to be football, but for him yeah. to be able to manage what was going on on the outside, all the storylines, um, manage moving the team for a month uh, before the, the, you know, during the beginning of the season, um, there have been a lot of other factors that he's had to manage. And, you know, I, I think, you know, from the outside looking in, he, he's done as good a job as he can to do that.
0: With things starting the way they did against Green Bay, I think a lot of people were like, oh, maybe this isn't a rebuilding year. Maybe this team is just going to come in and be awesome right off the bat. And so I think it's been challenging for everybody to kind of understand that, no, there's going to be a lot of learning curves still ahead of us. And especially with the injuries that there have been on the team, going to be getting some people back here in the next few weeks. It's kind of looking at that. What do you think the potential for this team is considering what they've been through? And then what's going to be ahead?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, I hate to use the term rebuilding. As a player, you hate rebuilding. You hate rebuilding because you feel like every year you can win. Like you yeah, honestly you're like, I'm good
0: enough. What are you talking about?
1: Exactly. I mean, you <laughs> honestly feel that way. It's not till you get out that you realize, okay, these teams have a chance. These teams, like, really just don't have a chance. They, they don't know it, but they just don't have a chance. Um, I would say for the Saints, it's more of a, a reordering type of year instead of a rebuilding. I mean, there's still a lot of talent on that football team. Uh, that defense is tenacious. That defense mm-hmm. creates turnovers. I mean, they, they they are a solid defense regardless. Um, offensively, there's still a lot of great players. I mean, Mike hasn't even really, you know, done his stuff yet. So there's still a lot to be had there offensively. Um, you know, I think that when you look at the schedule, you look at their division, Obviously, Tampa Bay is 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 picked to win the division, although I don't think at this point they're leading because Carolina was had the most, but I think that's going to change. And so when you look inside the division, it's it's Tampa. And last year, obviously, different quarterback, different situation. Played him tough, beat them twice. So you have guys on the team who know that they can play to that level. The question is this year is it going to happen? So I don't know. To answer your question, what does it look like for the Saints? I don't know. I, I would say though that they are a team that is is poised to to make a run, um, but getting over that Tampa hurdle is going to be huge because Tampa is just so far and above everybody else right now. Um, it'll come down to the end of the season, which is why they schedule all these games <laughs> toward the end of the <laughs> season, so that we don't really know what happens until the last few weeks of the season. Yeah, I think do, the you, game, do you like the yeah, new seventeen games? Oh, do I like it? No, yeah. I didn't vote for that. I did not vote for that. I'll put it on record. You had me on tape. You got me on record. I'm a part of the executive committee of the NFLPA. You know, we were part of the negotiating body for the new CBA. And that was something that I, I did not want to be on the table. Um, for a couple of reasons, we can talk about it if you want to, but um, I, I was not a, a fan of that. Although ultimately, you know, the body collectively, we decided to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that just like anything, that used to be 14 games, for it was 16 and 17. It'll be 18 at some point. Hey, it might be 20 at some point. We will players will adjust. Uh, but as someone who wants to mitigate risk while also maximizing direct revenue, I, I did I didn't want to sign off and put in guys at even more risk in another NFL football game.
0: Yeah, I mean the college football playoff. It's probably going to expand as well for lots of the same reasons. Okay. It's a lot to do with money. Um exactly. if you you said Tampa Bay as the team in this division, and what about the entire NFL? Are they kind of your favorite to win it all as well?
1: Well, you know my history. Um, and mm-hmm. I can never bet against Tom Brady. Um so, so so I think they're as good a pick as anybody else. I mean, if you would have asked me before the season, I, I would have thought, and I still think that Kansas City is a team right. that um is going to bounce back from a year in which they felt the pressure of winning a Super Bowl. It's very, very difficult to win back-to-back bowls. That's why the Patriots were the last ones to do it back in 03. And when you get to that moment, there could be a lot of pressure when you've had success already. And so my thought process was, okay, you've got a team in in Kansas City that has their their nucleus back They've got their coach. They saw what happened last year. Talent-wise, I think we're waiting for an explosion at some point. doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, So they're a team to watch. Obviously, uh, Tampa um, looking across the league, um, you know, a couple of, you know, even 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 that Green Bay team, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get from them uh, as the season goes on. The thing I love about the NFL, though, is that uh, Aaron is that um, so many narratives can change from month to month. And so it remains to be seen. I think that's why fans tune in. That's why it's exciting because at one point your team is going to be on fire. Then the next point you think, oh, man, they're not even going to make the playoffs. And then they end up making the playoffs and making a run for the Super Bowl. That's the hope that we all have. And and I think it's pretty wide open um, for that top tier of teams.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of those feelings just Sunday alone in this past game against the Giants moments where you definitely thought things were looking good and moments where you were wondering what was going on. Looking ahead to the Saints game against Washington, any thoughts on that one?
1: Uh, well, Washington just came off. Who did they play? My kids do. My kid, we, we, we do the pick 'em all the time. Um, <laughs> so we we like pick all the games and go all the way down. But um, I, I would look for the Saints to win this game. They're playing the entire conference, obviously the NFC East, um, which outside of Dallas, um, outside of Dallas, it, it's not very formidable. I, I don't, in my opinion. Um, and so for the Saints, I think it's going to boil down to a couple of things. Uh, number one, defensively, not giving up a lead. Mm-hmm. They're going to have one. Uh, they're going to go in. They're going to play this game well. They're going to be up on Washington. It's, it's keeping the pressure on. It's forced, forcing turnovers. It's all those sorts of things. But out of the football realm, um, I think the biggest the biggest issue probably is dealing with the highs and lows of what happened last week. How do you bounce back from? a return to the dome, mm-hmm. the excitement of the return to the dome, the fans, the expectations, the way that game ended against the Giants uh, in overtime. Um, how do you flip the page on that and come back back to the drawing board and really try to humiliate the next team that you play? That's what yeah. professional athletes do. That's what we're good at. The ones that stay for a long time, they're able. the ones that are successful are able to do that. But with all that's going on, the team moving coming back playing that game and everything this week of practice and going into that game being able to turn the page i think will be key and also how um coach payton and the other coaches are able to emphasize that that you know what that was that was last week we're moving forward to washington
0: yeah definitely would be huge to get a win before the bye week and then hopefully more normalcy is ahead after that for the saints Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's for always you. it's, uh, it's yeah. always, it's always like something. That. It
0: really it's is. Always. If it for wasn't you. something, it wouldn't be normal. Yeah. I mean, um, you have a lot of somethings going on. You mentioned it earlier, and you said you're doing a lot of stuff with the SEC network. Anything else ahead of you on the horizon that you're working on? You've written a book. You've done a lot of different things. So kind of what's the next adventure for you?
1: I don't know. Um, the next adventure is trying to get a good nap. and getting everything going on. My wife is writing a book, she actually completed it and it's gonna be out uh, next year. Um, I would love to write again. Uh, We have our documentary, "Divided Hearts of America that is still out, it's gonna be coming out on DVD but it's available for digital download now on Amazon Prime Video and all that type of stuff. So we got a lot of little stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, for us, it's how do we parent these seven kids? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's all, it all boils down to that and so that's 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 number one uh for us so if you think about us uh think about uh the watsons and those and those kids because we are like every other parent trying to figure this thing out um to the best of our ability with god as our help
0: <laughs> before i let you go the last two are twins were was yeah. it always going to be was it going to be six and then the oaks and now we have two more or do we ever have a number in <laughs> <Oops>. mind <laughs>
1: Well, uh, see, how can I say this? So we always talked about having four. And then we got to four in like four and a half years. Um, My wife, I don't know how she did it. Uh, Had a little break, had number five in New Orleans, um, in our home, actually. Uh, And then, um, unfortunately, we had two miscarriages. And the miscarriages, because as you mentioned, the number uh, we talked about, you know, my wife loves even numbers. So she's like, everybody has to have a partner. So we were like, okay, we'll go from five to six. I'm the oldest of six, I did not wanna have six, Aaron. I'm like, six kids is way too many. But lo and behold, we go for six and had a miscarriage, uh, unfortunately had another one, we said, we'll try one more time. And then we're sitting there in the ultrasound room looking at the screen and I'm looking at it like, something looks different on there. <laughs> so my wife says, is there a baby? And the technician says, uh, there's actually two babies. So that's just the twin story, we go from five to seven, and that was not the plan. We thought we would get, you know, we really wanted four. Then we go to five. Then we said we'll go six. So the twins were actually, we were playing uh, against the Rams, which is when I put the ball under my shirt and put up the the seven. Those are the twins. And they are two years old now and, um, and wreaking havoc. Absolutely. <laughs> havoc. Yeah,
0: I bet. That's incredible, though. What a blessing to have seven healthy children, and that's incredible. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. It was fun talking to you, and good Good luck. luck. Hopefully, you can find some sleep somewhere.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Aaron. God bless you. Good luck this week. Who that?
0: Thanks so much to Benjamin for taking a few minutes out of his day. I know he does not have a lot of them. With all of those kids and all the work that he's up to all the time, he is a busy guy, and we definitely appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking to him and I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. If there's ever anything or anybody that you ever want to hear on the podcast, don't hesitate to hit us up. I'm at Aaron E. Summers on Twitter and of course we'll be answering all of your questions around the Saints every Monday. So don't forget to send us questions following the game on Sunday. We're looking forward to that one. And as I said before, John Shazia will be here with me on Friday to preview our upcoming game. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon.